He was a dick, no doubt. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Borges, and we're back yet again, and I'm joined as always by Matt Smith. Hey, everybody. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Adam? Doing well? You know, we're doing it. We're doing it. I don't know if people can tell. I don't know if they're smart. I don't know if they can pick up on what we like to call context clues. But one of the, what we're reviewing? One of the films we're going to review today is called, um, hold on, let me get my notes. Straight uh, out man of Compton Uncle? and made, man of <laughs> man from Uncle. God damn it! As context the, clues, man. Context Uncle. clues, you stupid idiots. Figure it out. Uh, yeah, so we got two big new releases. Not to say that we don't have more talk about new releases because Atlanta gets things before Charlotte does. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be talking have, about uh, a lot more <laughs> main reviews. We're going to be talking about Straight Out of Compton, uh, the big big box office winner this weekend. I was oh, like, yeah, colossal. Man. I, I talked to somebody on Facebook and they were just like, I forget what the, what the comment was, but I'm like, this thing, you know, it's like if last couple weeks were any indicator, this thing would be lucky if it hit 40 and it did well above that. I totally called it. Man. I mean, I knew it was going to make. I knew it was going to be one. I didn't know it would be as number one as it was. So that that much I was uh, pleasantly surprised about. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, and we're also going to be talking about Man from Uncle, the movie that not as many people saw, but maybe they should have. I'm not to say that you know one's better than the other, but there were. I I'm going to spoiler alert. There were two really good movies out this weekend. Agreed. I, and we'll, we'll get into all that kind of good stuff and everything. But, uh, yeah, I, I do want to stick around for that. So if you're only interested, like, oh, I just went here straight out of Compton Man from Uncle Man, doesn't really stick around for that review because uh, I, I think we've got some very interesting things to say. Actually, you're going to stick around because that's the first thing we're going to do. So fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to definitely hear it. You're that. definitely going to hear it. Otherwise, you'll just smash, smash through all this stuff. But why would you do that? Why would you, why would you fast forward through the dulcet why tones of that? Why even bother downloading? Why are you here? <laughs> I don't think we should be berating the people that actually listen to the show. No, 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 no. I want to know why they're motherfuckers. Why are you listening, bitch? Why are you still here? Why are you listening to this shit? Um, I th- did I hold on? Um, I can't remember. Um, did did we read the last review we got on the show? The one I don't from remember. Last week, yes. Did we? Okay. All right. I yes. just wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think. I could did be, we get a new one? I could be I wrong. Haven't checked. 
Oh, yes. Oh, sweet. I thought we did. I thought we did. I haven't even okay. actually read this. I saw the number, but I didn't get a chance to read it because I was at work, uh, you know, working. Uh, this is by uh, this is <laughs> this person re- uh, reviewed HMP. And I got to say, when I saw the name, it's one of the best iTunes reviewer names I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why I love it as much as I do, but damn it, I love it. This is five stars. It's entitled A Must Listen by Cersei Lannister's Tiny Clothes, or Small Clothes. <laughs> it's still funny. I fucked it up, but it's Cersei Lannister's Small Clothes. That is a great fucking handle. I don't know where, I mean, obviously it's Game of Thrones. I don't know where, what you know brought that to your mind just going, that's what I'm going to use, but it's great. Uh, and, and it reads as follows. If you love movies, you'll love this podcast. The Film Find is to movie podcasts what what Gouda is to cheese. Oh, that's nice. Simply the best. Hope you enjoy your humdinger, guys. Thanks for adding a ton of enjoyment to my days. Peace. Cersei Lannister's tiny clothes. Thank you so very much for that review. And we encourage all of you out there. I know there's I know there's more than six. <laughs> Go and review this on iTunes. It would mean a whole lot to me. And if my brother listened to this podcast, you still got a four-star review on there, you son of a bitch. Bring it up to five. What the fuck? That was a long time ago, it's a, too. <laughs> it's a, yeah, when we were uh, intermittently not really doing this. That's true. Uh, we have really, and, I really need to yell at for that. also, we're frequently clocking in at like two and a half hours. Yeah, we, now, no, he's, that was, there's a, there's a very good justifiable point in that. We did have some really long fucking shows to begin with. We oh, were yeah. clocking in at two and a half, damn near three hours sometimes. Uh, you know, we let things uh, breathe, if you will. <laughs> some people dig that we stuff, let, some people don't. We let them uh, get as fat as our asses. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but and here's the thing. Like, for me, I had to realize that people don't listen to podcasts like I listen to podcasts. There's at least two or three podcasts that I listen to a week that are at least two or three hours long. Right. Most Same. people don't fucking listen like that shit. <laughs> Most people yeah. aren't as weird. Uh, so we try to keep it around, you know, we've been doing about an hour and a half, which is not horrible. That's not bad, especially compared to our, you know, two and a half to three. So that's, you know, we're clocking in there. Uh, but we're let's, doing a ton of content. Uh, no shit, though. I mean, oh, my God. Could you imagine doing this much content and doing it as long form as we used to? Holy balls. <laughs> those oh, yeah, are these I mean, six hour shows. Some of those two plus hour shows were seriously about like one. Minute. Like one flick. <laughs> Maybe t- maybe two, but usually about one, and we would just de- man, we were deep into that shit. Which is I don't know. We we might we may go. Maybe, who knows? I don't know. Fuck it. Uh, so uh, the second I'm starting to think about, it, I'm like, mm, do we really do people really want that? Let's just not go with what nope. you might think, Adam. Just go with <laughs> go with what's what's seeming to work for the most part. I think it's good. People seem to be digging it. We're we're, we're growing. Hey, we got two nice reviews here very recently. We encourage you to do the same. Uh, So uh, filmfind.com and Mm -hmm. uh, click on the little iTunes thing, throw a review our way, and that would be great. Uh, So let's get into it. Um, What you've been watching, uh, I'll go first because I don't have a crap load of things to talk about. Um, I just started rewatching uh, season eight of Doctor Who because the new stuff's coming around and not too awful, awful long. Uh, they're mm-hmm. going to be bringing out, uh, you know, a uh, little bit in cinema and 3D and stuff. So I plan on going to see that. So I just tried to get a nice little refresher here. Uh, I'm warming up a little bit more to Capaldi. Um, you know, it's it, it's a it's a difference when you go from one doctor to another. It can be very jarring. So going, you know, especially one that's kind of been there a while, like Matt Smith was. And um, but no, I'm I'm starting to dig it. I like that it's older. I like it's very different. So digging that. 
Um, outside of that, I feel like I watched something else, but I'll be damned if I can remember. Mystery Science Theater stuff, I watched that while I'm always going to sleep. Outside of that, I feel like I fucking watched something on Netflix, but I do not remember. Um... What do you got? <laughs> I've been taking, <laughs> I've been taking care of uh, of uh, my movie named Dog. Bronson is uh, he's that dog is gonna be big because he is already like it's been about two weeks here, and I don't want to say he's doubled in size, but he's at least you know point five in size. He's oh. he's starting to uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a big boy. So uh, that guy is keeping me uh, fairly busy, and I have to keep washing that damn dog bed. He's just like, he doesn't have a large enough bladder to hold it throughout the workday yet, and I can't make it home uh, you know, during my lunch hour fast enough and make it back without being late. So <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a bitch. Uh, but uh, so, so you hit it. What do you got? What have you been watching? Well, well uh, so this week I, I still have stuff that, I, that is coming out, and I am going to go see throughout the week so that I'll have more to talk about next week. More? Uh, yeah, more. Um, but so far uh, I've seen two new releases uh, outside of our big movies we're talking about. This is how hard we work for you people. So, uh, so yesterday I, I got around finally to watching the new uh, Kevin Bacon vehicle, Cop Car. I believe that's coming here in maybe a month? Maybe? Maybe even sooner. I'm not sure. Very possibly. Uh, it's, I mean, I think it's we're all that as a back demand right now. Um, so you can uh, definitely watch it on like Amazon and, and uh, whatever cable service you have. Um but it's an extremely limited platform release, basically, is, is how they're doing that. I mean, it's a small indie flick. Um, so anyway, what this movie is about is, uh, is a small-town sheriff, uh, played by Kevin Bacon, uh, is, of course, up to no good one day. Leaves his uh, cop car parked with a body in the trunk um, out in the middle of the woods. And two very young children, we're talking like 10 years old, uh, find this abandoned cop car and uh, while they're running away from home and uh, steal it. Mm. And that, that is where this movie starts. That is the first 10 minutes or so <laughs> of this movie. And uh, the, the, it's not a very long movie. It's uh, right under an hour and a half. It's real lean and, and mean as it were. Um, this, the central component of this is Kevin Bacon's performance as the sheriff, though. Uh, the kids are fine. They're, they're fun, and uh, they're good actors. Uh, Cameron uh, Mannheim, who uh, everybody remembers fondly, uh, probably from The Practice, um, shows up uh, on here. Mm -hmm. um, but she has, like, a really small role as a woman who, like, sees and reports the kids driving the vehicle, and the sheriff is, uh, of course trying to dodge around, you know, accusations that there are kids driving a cop car somewhere in, on the interstate <laughs> or on the highway, rather. Um, anyway, uh, he, he kind of schemes and does anything to get uh, this car back, um, finally making contact with the kids on the radio. Uh, but, of course, they open the trunk and find what's inside and... Um, well, things get worse for those kids. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, it's. I thought this movie was really good. Um, I, I think especially given the fact that it uh, has kind of a singular objective, it does it really well, and it's a really short movie, actually. Um, I think it's definitely worth everybody checking out. 
so cop car is a must see it uh, for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I went to see this week is uh, the most recent uh, film released here in the U S by a <clears throat> uh, French Canadian filmmaker, uh, Xavier Dolan, who um, kind of everybody might remember last year had a, had a big international hit with uh, mommy uh, or earlier this year really is when it came out here. Um, along with uh, some things like I Killed My Mother and Heartbeats. And he's uh, this very young, very immensely talented uh, French-Canadian director um, who's from Quebec, of course, right? Uh, And he's known for, like, really difficult kind of uh, subject matters uh, in his films. Um, He often takes a role in his movies, And uh, this one is no different. So Tom at the Farm um, is kind of a hard movie to describe. Those of you familiar with Dolan's work will know uh, kind of what to expect uh, tonally. Um, But basically the the story set up is that uh, there's this uh, guy, Tom, who drives out to this farm in the middle of nowhere in Quebec and uh, is – going to the funeral of his boyfriend whose family did not know that he was gay. There's a, there's a coming out party for you. And, and, uh, his, <laughs> it turns out once he gets there that the, that the son's brother has gone to great lengths and is going to continue to go to great lengths to stop their mother from finding this out. Mm-hmm. And, it's a really kind of an intense uh, nightmarish movie. That's not happy go lucky <laughs> from the moment Shucks. he gets there. Um, there are a lot of uh, kind of fucked up psychological things that happen in this movie, which is uh, kind of coming with the territory for this filmmaker. Um, he in fact stars in it um, as Tom. Uh, and, uh, he's really good. Uh, it's a very small cast. Actually, there are only about seven, uh, main character, well, five main characters and like two other characters who have, uh, even speaking lines really. Um, it's kind of a quiet movie, contemplative, uh, pretty intense. I think I read some, uh, review somewhere that uh, called it Hitchcockian. It's not quite Hitchcockian as much as it is like just creepy. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say similar to a Lynch or a Cronenberg than not the gross Cronenberg, but the intensity <laughs> of a Cronenberg, uh, than a Hitchcock. Um, anyway, uh, I don't want to talk too much about the plot cause, uh, you know, kind of sticking with where this guy's story goes once he's there and he, and he stays on the farm, even amidst these, uh, like really fucking weird things that start happening. Um, is kind of why you want to watch this movie. So, uh, Tom at the farm, I'm going to give a strong recommendation. Uh, it's a really terrific movie. Um, it probably will not be for everyone. It's, it's much more on the art house, uh, side of the spectrum, but, uh, Dolan's films are really terrific once you kind of sit with them and, and let them kind of envelop you. And, uh, this movie I think will please his fans and may, uh, may actually successfully introduce new people to his work. So uh, that's what I've seen this week. So uh, some some recommendations for Cop Car and Tom at the Farm. 
All right. Very cool. Okay. Jeez. Uh, <clears throat> There's my uh, throat coming together, trying to get... Yeah, I haven't been yapping out of my face for the fucking... Uh -huh. <laughs> Again, that's what happens. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get into some reviews here. Uh, first up, we're going to do... Um, yep, yeah, let's do Man From Uncle. Here's a trailer for Man From Uncle, our first new release film of the week. Are they still following us? Yes. Is there one of them? Hmm? Is he looking at us? Hmm? Does he have just one hand on the steering wheel? Mm-hmm. When you hear something that sounds like a gunshot, drive. Done. We recently discovered the existence of an international criminal organization with ties to former Nazis. Rumor has it they built an atom bomb. We have no choice but to work together to infiltrate this organization. We'll leave you two to get acquainted. Napoleon Solo, the CIA's most effective agents. Julia Kuriaki. KGB, the youngest man to join in their best within three years. America is teaming up with Russia. Things could get a little messy. The thing is, I work better alone. I work better alone too. Okay, I'll let you tag along. How did you get the invitation to my party? I stole it. So you're a thief. You hope you wear a mask. Sometimes. Just never when I'm stealing things. Not very good at this whole subtly thing, are you? It'll be like this for 20 minutes. Can't touch. Don't make me put you over my knee. So you want to wrestle? No, I did not say that. Shall we? Special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? Do uh, these belong to you or to me? All right, that was a trailer for The Man from Uncle, our first new release review of this week. Here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. In the early 1960s, CIA agent Napoleon Solo and KGB operative Ilya Kukrachev, I'm not good at that, you know that, participate <laughs> in a joint mission against mysterious criminal organization, which is working uh, to proliferate, I can never say the fucking word, proliferate. If I'm trying to read it, I can't, I can't do it, but if I'm saying it, I can do it. It's neither way. I'm good. Nuclear weapons is the last two words. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, this is directed by Guy Ritchie, written by Guy Ritchie, uh, Lionel Wingram, sure. Jeff uh, Keelman, David C. Wilson, and Guy Ritchie, and all this other jazz. Uh, starring Henry Cavill, Army Hammer, Alicia Vikander, Elizabeth Delvecchi, uh, Delvecchi? sure. Uh, Hugh Grant, uh, Jared Harrison, many, many more. Um, so this is Guy Ritchie has been off the um, the uh, stratosphere, if you will, for some time. 
Yeah, he hasn't been not in a good way. for a minute. Not in, a, not in a way that anybody would just go like, man, remember that last really good fucking Guy Ritchie film? And, well, you know, I mean, I, people, I like people, both of the Sherlock Holmes Yeah, but do you really look at those and just go, Guy Ritchie movies, like, you know, in the traditional mm. sense, if you will? I mean, now, it's got his, it's got his style, no doubt. I will no, absolutely I mean, like give his, you that it's got his, his style. His last, like, Guy Ritchie movie is, is Rock and Roller, right? right? Uh, which is fine. I like that movie. Yeah, it's good. It's well enough. Um, but then he kind of he kind of just did uh, um, big studio pictures and then Sherlock Holmes, crap. and then uh, you know now now he's back, Man from Uncle, and uh, and let me tell you, um, <laughs> I enjoyed the ever living hell out of this movie. Um, uh, this is uh, so you got 1960s era. Let me tell you something. This is something that you know I really think about this thing, man, um, and how much. Henry Cavill is being robbed in the Superman movies because this cat's charming. He's, yeah. he's good. He can act. And what they're doing limiting him so much in these Superman films is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Because, I agree. Man, I, I, oh, man, does this guy have a presence. Yeah, well, and, you know, like that's the thing about this movie is uh, the plot's good. The action's fun. Right. And mm-hmm. there's some really clever action scenes. Uh, the moment where uh, Ilya is, uh, is <laughs> being chased and almost killed on a on a boat uh, while Henry Cavill's solo uh, is like enjoying some fucking lunch. sandwich and <laughs> and some wine while watching. It's so uh, untraditional is, is, action but, scene that is very, in a lot of ways, very un-Guy Ritchie. Yeah, and, a lot and of it's ways. and it's and then a lot a lot of ways and it's really really great, um, and I think this is the most kind of restrained in a good way that we've seen Guy Ritchie in a while. But uh, but I think aside from you know those things being good though, like what this movie really is is about presence, right? Going mm-hmm. back to Cavill here and your comments about him, uh, but it's about presence and style. That's what this movie really is. It's something that Guy Ritchie handles extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his movies have always been stylish, even his god-awful swept-away remake, right? (laughs) Um, But, uh, I mean, that movie looks good, right? It has a look to it. Uh, Here, um, he's definitely, I think, by making a period piece, able to go back and play around with a lot of the stylistics that have influenced him as a filmmaker Mm -hmm. for a long time, right? Namely, going back to the 60s, uh, kind of thriller, gangster, spy genre um, style of both uh, the UK and some of the uh, United United States TV uh, stuff, right? Which, right. of course, is where Man from Uncle came from. And I have to say also, uh, so like Army Hammer, uh, usually I think uh, kind of gets dumped on a lot, and people don't really put him in anything that's worth his time. Yeah. He's great in this. No, he's fantastic. And this is another thing where it's just like I really – I want people to go see this because I want him to get more work that's like this, that is a little bit more high profile because I think the guy can really do it. It's like it's one of those things. And, and here's the deal. You got this movie with these two you know, really good-looking guys who are both really good actors. We mm-hmm. don't have enough of that in fucking in movies these days. Yeah. Well, and you know uh, – uh, Elisa Vic, uh, Alicia Vikander is uh, just lighting up the screen left and right, man. Who I uh, did not even fucking put together was the robot chick from Ex Machina. Didn't well, even fucking put it together. And she's also the witch in Seventh Son. 
She might be the only really good thing about that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, did, like that was another thing where I was just like, she was in that piece of shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she has a small role. I remember seeing her in Anna Karenina, and I want to say she was in... Uh, what the fuck was that movie with uh, fucking Benedict Cumberbatch about... Um, it was the Bill Condon flick, The Fifth Estate, about Julian Assange. Right, right, right. right. Um, she was in that as well. Uh, but she's just, I mean, she's got, like, on the books coming up, man. She's got uh, the next Bourne movie yeah, she's going to be, be in. There are, like, four other movies coming out in the next couple of years. Um, and she's terrific. I'm glad that she's, like, going to hit big. And I hope she stays that way because she's really good. Yeah, I mean this this movie just hits it out of the park, man. Uh, you know, I I can't wait. Now here's the thing, and this is this is what I was I was seeing on on Facebook and all this other stuff, and we'll talk about it in a couple minutes. But Straight Outta Compton is a great movie. It was number one at the box office, and and I'm glad that people went out to see a really good movie. I, I truly am. But mm-hmm. this is the movie that I think people need to go see because they're not going to make Straight Outta Compton two. But there's a chance if enough people go, and I and I think the next two weeks we don't have really super great films coming out, so I think it's going to have a little bit of legs more so than it normally would if it, this were, like, earlier in the summer. Uh, yep. But people need to get out and see this fucking movie so there's a sequel to this because, honest to God, it is very, very enjoyable, sets itself up for a fantastic sequel, and I think could really, really fucking work as a nice thing. This movie is what I wish the Bond movies were right now. I like them well enough, but I wish I wish they were more like this. This is well, more you fun. Know, this, so I think that goes back to just the history of the spy genre for a minute, right? So. Yeah. So in the in the 60s the man from uncle was originally a kind of straight uh spy thriller on television. Yeah, it was right? America's Bond, um, Robert Vaughn comes in yeah, and he plays Robert a solo there part. And, he, and but slowly what what ends up happening, right, over that uh time period is that uh the there's a shift in taste, right? So where initially it was kind of seen as a Bond clone. Yeah. Uh parody starts to seep its way in, right? This kind of genre mixing starts to happen. And and you can see that happen on Man from Uncle between the end, the last few episodes of the first season and the first few episodes of the second season. Mm -hmm. Things get a little pulpier, a little weirder, a little more sci-fi inflected. Yeah. And uh, I (laughs) I think that this basically being uh you know, based on a quote unquote fun version of the James Bond films uh, before r- the Roger Moore series, right? Yeah, before uh, they kind of went where, wacky. <laughs> well, well, when the when the same thing happened to Bond, right? Like yeah, what yeah. happened was the Bond movies had to start responding to things like Man from Uncle and Get Smart and and, <laughs> and things like that, right? Um, and uh, you know, I yeah, I mean, these, this is a great spy movie. It's really fun. Uh, it's hip. It looks fantastic. All the acting is good. The action is good. The story's nice. Uh, it's it zips right along. The pacing's excellent. Uh, I want like another three of these at honestly. least. Yeah, I mean it is um, like it's that good. Yeah, I and I th- I think uh, we stand a strong chance. I'm sure that it's going to do well internationally. Um, that's the big blind spot. Speaking of box office for for uh, Straight Outta Compton, right? Like they don't know how that movie is going to do internationally. And I think it might do okay in UK, uh, but the rest of the world. I think it'll do say. fine, but it also probably depends on how, like Universal. From what I understand, hasn't decided how wide they're even going to open that. Oh, really? 
Yeah, uh, internationally, uh, theatrically at the very least. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, but this, but this movie plays this, everywhere. Yeah, and it'll do really well. I mean, it's a it's a uh, globe hopping adventure. Yeah, right? um, and it's gorgeous. Gosh, it's gorgeous looking. Well, and I was actually just really glad that it um, <laughs> that it came to fruition finally. And was as good as it oh, was. Oh, this thing has been gestating forever. At least a decade, I think. Yeah. I mean, Steven Soderbergh was, I think, attached two separate times to this property. <laughs> yeah, he really wanted to do this he, thing. He actually retired once before coming back. That's right. I still remember that. I've forgotten <laughs> that he had had the, like, yeah, the, do this. the first fake retirement, and then he came back and did it, quote, unquote, and, for real, until hopefully yeah. he re- unretires again, I, I'm praying. Well, now he's doing the Knicks, so he doesn't need to unretire. Well, uh, that show is phenomenal, by the way. If you guys haven't seen the Nick on Cinemax or uh, I forget where it airs in the UK, but I know it's out there. Uh, do see that. But yeah, so like this had kind of a troubled production history as a property. Yeah, uh, I think that all like this screenplay is not the same screenplay. It's not the same story or anything like that that Soderbergh was attached to. Um, it's been completely retooled and rethought out, uh, which is probably why it's successful. It wasn't just a like factory script just hanging out for 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, anyway, because it uh, works, really, to, it works to the sensibilities, uh, because that's the thing is like, it, it feels very much like a Guy Ritchie film. And at the same time, it doesn't. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of an amazing thing. I think it it's very much smacks of his style, but doesn't feel like the, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but the overwrought Guy Ritchie that he well, can Well, you know what be. it does is I think, I think it, uh, very consciously responds to some of the criticisms uh, that people have of, uh, especially his takes on the Sherlock Holmes stuff, right? Which yeah. is that he he has a, a style that he's used since Lockstock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's very flashy and he plays around with slow motion and a lot of action scenes yeah. and uh, you know zooming in and out from close-ups and not. And here, there's not as much of that. Um, kind of camera work flashiness because it doesn't have to be there, right? Everything you're seeing is already just such a high concept uh, piece of pop art that uh, you don't have to deal with those uh, stylistics. And uh, I think it works and hopefully will be a little bit of a rebuttal uh, to some of Richie's critics who, uh, you know, I think rightfully so, but also uh, I enjoy it, point out that he – kind of relies on these things as a crutch sometimes. exactly no 100 percent agree with that because yeah he gets he gets a lot of smack for it but at the same time it it is kind of what he does at the same time too you can't it, it's i think it's tough to really you know it's like hey here's your signature thing fuck your signature thing but it's like what well, that's what he kind of does and you know yes. and, but you're right he do, and there can be i can definitely lay excuses that he lays on that as a crutch but at the same time this shows that hey he can you know kind of ease on the brakes a little bit and give you something that works damn damn well yeah it, it's uh i th- i mean you can definitely tell like this is the same director that made the sherlock holmes films right yeah. uh stylistically and uh you know that's fine but it also just feels completely different. So I like that he's able to kind of take his own style and twist it around every once in a while. Yeah. Bruce and I were talking on, on Skype last night, and uh, we were just like, you know, the smart thing would be if, you know, Guy Ritchie kind of gets – Henry, come here, come here, come here. Check it out. Okay, you're doing Superman over at Warner Brothers. We're doing this over here. Say, hey, look, you want me in another I think it's Superman also Warner. Film. Yeah, exactly. 
mm-hmm. say, hey, you want me to do another Superman film? How about you greenlight another one of these over here? I'll give you another Superman. You give us another man from Uncle. I, you know, I, that's what I would do if I was Guy Ritchie. Well, I think I think ultimately, like like that, will not be a concern. I think ultimately, Man from Uncle will do just fine. It's going to pull in a ton of box office. It ain't it ain't twentieth Century Fox, so. <laughs> oh my! They're having a year. Whew. My God. Uh, the, anyway, only, the only people that um, have really like stumped, stumped even you know Warner has been like fucking Universal. God damn uh, the year Universal. Well, we'll, we'll talk about them and their box office in just a minute. We're going to bore you smart. guys for like five minutes. All right. So with so what? fucking awesome. Go yes. Fo- yeah. Absolutely awesome. Do yourself a favor. Go out and see this movie because you'd be doing yourself a darn disfavor if you didn't do so. Uh, so here is uh, our next new release review. Here's a trailer for Straight Outta Compton. Once the green band goes away. Should have really planned this out a little bit better, but I didn't. So fuck you. <laughs> I heard you've been spending a lot of time at your auntie house. How's the couch life? Yeah, my woman and my baby living there is hard, man. But you know, everybody can't do what you do. Really what I do getting played out, Dre. Where the money at? Why you gotta be so ruthless, cuz? I make a few changes. Where do you think you're going? I'm just trying to get home. That's my son. You need to get back in the house or I will ruin your night. I gotta talk to my moms like that. You had the chance to change the situation. Would you take it? Just hit that first beat hard. Are right? you cruising down the street? All right. Cruising down the street in my 6 foot. Hey, that was dope, eh? You're listening to Compton's very own Ice Cube, Easy E, and Dr. Dre. I gotta tell you, you are witnessing history. People are scared of you guys. You have a unique voice. The world needs to hear it. They want NWA? Let's give them NWA. Straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker Ice Cube. This is only the tip of the iceberg, gentlemen. What's going on? What do you have in that bag? Are you kidding me? You can't take that in the bus. When I'm called on, I got a sword on. Squeeze the trigger, your body's on hold on. Your songs glamorize gangs and drugs. Our art is a reflection of our reality. You guys supposed to be somewhere? These are artists. Rap is not an art. You cannot come down here and harass my clients because of what they look like. I promise you, things gonna be different from here on out. Listen, to be honest with you, I don't know anything about hip-hop, but I know that you're special. You want to be involved with this gangster life? Here we go. Speak a little truth and people lose their mind. This isn't the Crips and Bloods. This is a threat from the federal government. They're trying to tell us what we can't play. This man's over your way. Yo, Dre. What up? I got something to say. We can keep going, man. We can take over the goddamn world. Got a little dust of wind and I'm dead. Believe in memory, no one will be forgetting. So as I leave, believe I'm starving. But when I come back, boy, I'm coming straight out of town. Alright, that was a trailer for uh, Straight Outta Compton, our new... There's like three trailers in this thing. I had to try to pause it and turn all the crap down at the same <laughs> damn time. Uh, so Straight Outta Compton, this is uh, directed by F. Gary Gray. Here's the IMDb logline. The group NWA emerges from the mean streets of Compton in Los Angeles, California in the mid-1980s and revolutionizes hip-hop culture with their music and tales about life in the hood. This is starring O'Shea Jackson Jr., Corey Hawkins, Jason Mitchell, um, as well as Paul Giamatti and... Eh, handful of others um 
So this was number one at the box office, man. This thing blew up as uh, not too unsurprisingly. I th- I was I wasn't surprised that it made number one. I'm surprised it made number one as much as it did because the people, like I said, people just haven't been going out to the movies in the last couple of weeks. So the fact that this opened up to what? Oh, yeah. close to sixty. It was a sixty point. A little over sixty the at the end. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's that's a big deal when everybody's been kind of opening in the thirty. I thought may I thought this might open in the forty, maybe fifty range if you were lucky. So yeah, I think it was big. tracking somewhere in the forties yeah, originally. That's what I, my guess had been because we'd been like looking at the like the twenties for for the last couple of weeks with stuff. So it ain't been pretty. But man, oh man, this thing this was an event, dude. This, yeah, this was well, an event. that was uh, I was reading. I think it was on Grantland. There was a, an analysis of this um, kind of box office mm-hmm. uh, this weekend, and and uh, one thing that Universal did um, is uh, like market this movie like it was an event movie, and not like it was a biopic or you know to a niche audience, right? Right. Um, they really just they were like, you know what? A lot of stuff culturally is going on. This movie taps into some of that. Mm. Let's ramp it up and let's market the hell out of it. And they did it. And it paid off big time. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, because uh, I, I think I, I, this movie had this is another movie that had been gestating for a long, long fucking time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, well, I think I, it came I, I out at talk- a great time, and we'll talk about that. Well, and we talked last week, right, that uh, at some point, like, John Singleton was attached to this thing. And uh, I'm really glad that F. Gary Gray got it, honestly. Um, Yeah, John Singleton, I mean, has been a little hit and miss. Well, I'm okay with Singleton overall, but, like... Overall, yeah. F. F. Gary Gray has done some really terrific work, and I just... uh, I'm glad that he might actually be recognized uh, as a filmmaker as opposed to somebody who is a director. Right. Right. Um, because uh, this movie, no doubt, would have been completely different under John Singleton. But, you know, uh, from somebody who knows some of these guys personally. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, who uh, <laughs> who started out. Right. His first feature film was Friday uh, of all things. Um you know, I'm glad that he's able to just kind of get here as opposed to being a director for hire, really, uh, with projects like Be Cool and right. The Italian Job. Um, I mean, which, you know, Be Cool sucked, Italian Job's great, but you know but, you know what I mean. But, like, The Negotiator was good. I like that for no, what no, it was. I, I like it, right? Set it off. The I think that's that's the Queen Latifah movie, right? Yeah, yeah. That made um, some good bank back in the day. If yeah, I, I, that was just on HBO. I watched it. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, by the citizens, I, mean, I liked I, well I, enough. I mean, not not amazing, but, you know, for what it was. Hmm? No, I mean, he's a director that I like, but uh, who I think often just gets... Uh, we need a guy to... We, yeah, we need a guy to direct this. You're a competent, you know, dude. You're going to... You, you'll get this job. But Yeah, I mean, he's, he's better than, like, Tim Story as a yeah, director for no, hire. No, right? I'll, I'll uh, agree to that one. <laughs> uh, whatever uh anyway um so so you were in charlotte you went to go see this movie how how uh did it play you went on like a weekday right yeah so friday, I, yeah i went f- i went friday morning at like 10 mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't there wasn't a lot it wasn't a lot of people in there uh just because it's that fucking early on a friday uh morning um but it was it was attended well enough and um, the thing that fucking blew my mind was I, I look and there as I'm standing in line to get a to, to get a drink, 
uh, I look over and there's the you know you got the big standees in the in the in the theater and whatnot, and there's like literally a family mm-hmm. standing like taking a picture that obviously they're going to put online of the whole family standing by the straight out of Compton standee. Damn right there. And I was like, and then at, at the time that I was just like, because I, I decided I was like, well, I'm going to tweet this because I think that's kind of funny. I don't know why I think it's funny, but I think it's fucking funny. And when I say family, I mean like mother, dad, and literal children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the age ranges of six to eight, somewhere in that neighborhood. And in the time that I was writing the tweet, another different family altogether uh, well, it wasn't well, it wasn't a family because there was like two ladies, and I think one of them had a baby, like literally a baby. Um, uh, it was <laughs> yeah. Don't take it for what it was, but it was a white lady and a mixed baby, and she was wearing a Compton shirt, which I don't know why everything was funny to me, but it kind of was. And her, you know, friend, she had a black friend there, and she was taking the picture. I was just like, this is bringing everybody together, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she well, was just. And, and but it was weird. It was it was so weird to see like like hey look at me I'm bringing my baby to see straight out of Compton or I'm bringing yeah. my six year olds to see and there were there were children in the film and I'd like I this oh yeah was, they were they were there in mine too and uh, not a movie to I, go take children to <laughs> I mean I I guess so except that right except that really what is um like quote-unquote adult material in this movie really is a lot of the same subject matter that NWA was rapping about, right? Yeah. Um, and so now, I'm I not think, saying that these kids should never see this film, but, like, at six, that may be a little much for... I, I just maybe I mean, it's I just know. me. I was, like, my friends were listening to hip-hop at, at six and seven years old, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only thing is that this is visualizing some of that, right? Exactly. Because um, you can hear but, people talk about motherfuckers and fucking hoes and stuff, but that's not going to, like, you don't, don't see think that, that shit. But I don't think that it's the same thing, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, this movie's rated R. It's got violence and it's got sex and it's got uh, drug use and yada, 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 yeah. right? You but name I, it, it's in here. But I kind of don't mind when a movie like this gets seen by children, uh, by, by young kids, by whoever. Cause like one of the things that really pisses me off about the rating system as it's utilized here in the U S and also in the UK, um, is that it's often used to kind of, uh, separate out audiences based purely on assumptions of what may or may not be good slash bad for them. No, right? I can agree with that. Um, I don't think there's anything in this movie that is bad for people to see. It's, no. I mean, it, it is a message movie on some level. It's not purely right. But, right. uh, you know, like we were talking earlier about how it kind of taps into a cultural moment. Like there, there is a huge, huge emphasis right now in the United States, um, on like the value of black life and the institutions of uh, the police and police brutality mm-hmm. and how and how people are policing these minority populations that they live within right? Right. or don't live within even. <laughs> and, and this movie really drives some of that shit home. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's valuable for people to see this no matter what their age is. And I'm glad that people are going as families. That's, I mean, I would say that's to me, that's one of the only things that really, that, that I could, 
that I'm I'm at least glad that there was something in there for because yeah I mean I, during the you know tumultuous times with which we're in and not just you know I mean especially you know against black folks but against almost everybody it seems but you know obviously they're going to get uh, you know they've clearly gotten a little bit more of the brunt of it unfortunately well, it's, it's the but, institutionalization of it right? right and this has been a problem for a long time and we didn't solve it when we should have solved it back in the nineties. And uh, it just kept going, and now it's worse, right? Like, there all this, there's fucking footage in, in this movie uh, that's straight off of news reports of mm-hmm. the Rodney King uh, beating, where people are talking about how they're pissed off that the police are showing up in their neighborhoods dressed like they're going into a war zone. And that's only increased tenfold yeah. in the past 15 years, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, but I, you know, like, I, I live around a bunch of white people, uh, you know, as well. Um, who never see that shit in their neighborhoods mm-hmm. ever. That shit don't play out that way, period. Um, so it is a markedly different experience of how that institution actually does what quote unquote it should do. Yeah. Right. Um, and it is racially divided, right? This just statistically it backs it up. Um, and, and, you know, there were, there were a ton of families in my theater that saw this, but people were also just having fun watching this movie oh yeah Um, even even in the small crowd that i had i mean the people that were there about it took them about halfway through but then they got into it when you know certain characters come on screen it is like oh here comes and it was just like Mm -hmm. and and you know and there was a little bit of like yeah right or hell knows or and shit like that it that it you know White people, we just we think them, but we don't say them enough, and it's just like you know what that lady is right. Hell yeah, that motherfucker yeah. doesn't deserve that shit. I'm, I'm right. not brave enough to say it out loud, but you sure enough didn't. You're damn right, actually. Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's what you know. That's NWA, man. Yeah. It it was like nobody else is saying this shit outright. Uh, you know, um, nobody wants to hear about the shit on the street. The government, in fact, is going to try to shut you down if you start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. People in my theater, man, I, I went Saturday night. Uh, Ooh, I could only imagine. <laughs> it, it was not a sold-out show because my theater was playing one every 30 minutes. Oh, oh okay. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I saw well, there were a lot of screenings here, so I know they kept this bad boy in rotation for sure. Yeah, I mean, one every 30 minutes, and I think there was one gap because they think they had like five copies. So there was like <laughs> one one-hour gap every – five hours where there was or three or four hours where there wasn't a show. Uh, but pretty much every half hour. Right. And, uh, so people were getting in, there was plenty of room, but it was still a packed auditorium. It wasn't sold out, but just full. Right. And, uh, you know, people were like, it was portions of the movie were almost like being at a show. Honestly, like, like during the concert scenes, people like rapping along and some people like, dancing in their seats and <laughs> just kind of all kinds of wild shit. People just uh, weren't just, people weren't awake enough in my theater. <laughs> they well, were just like, yeah, I mean, all right. <laughs> I mean, I was there with a, I mean, look, uh, I'm in Atlanta. It's majority minority city, right? The theater I go to is vast majority minority uh, <laughs> target audience, right? They not only uh, did this movie do well there at that theater this weekend, but the three Indian language flicks, uh, the, uh, that they have also did well. Right. So yeah. like, I am definitely in the minority at the CMC that I go to. Um, 
so you know it was a little different environment than a than a like Friday matinee show in in like the Charlotte suburbs. I would guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I mean, but the, the theater I go to tends to. But it also was like it was afternoon or evening, right? Yeah, that's seven thirty. Uh, people had been pumped because it was already Saturday, so they were really in the mood to see it. Yeah. Um, it was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of the uh, just the theatrical experience of it. <laughs> but the movie is also just damn good. Uh, all the performances are great. Uh, that <laughs> that little guy, Jason Mitchell, who plays <laughs> Eze, is fucking amazing. I mean, like, and here's the thing: like, he looks a little like everybody looks. I mean, outside of you know Ice Cube's own <laughs> actual fucking child, who yeah. is a spitting goddamn image of him. Yes. Uh, that is just like that's kind of creepy how 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 accurate that guy looks. It's just like you know he just they may have just put him in the wash and shrunk him down a little bit. I don't know because <laughs> he yeah. looks exactly like him. Um, but you know the other guys look kind of close, but man, do they inhabit these the these guys that you know everybody knows. I think I, especially like anybody you know kind of our age and older definitely knows who these people are. And damn if they don't, like, you know, everybody embodies it. I mean, like, the guy who plays Suge Knight is great. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks like him. It feels like, you know, he acted and, you know, yeah. and everything. Like, if you've you seen. You want him to die? Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> know that this is a despicable person. <laughs> like, and, but, oh, man. Now, the one that brought down the house was, well, first of all, well, let's go in order. Uh, so first, everybody, you know, they go, hey, this is Snoop Dogg. And people, and there were a couple people that were just like, that motherfucker don't look like Snoop Dogg. And people also don't remember what Snoop Dogg looked like when he was a lot younger. Snoop Dogg's been around a long time. Yeah. We're used to what he kind of looks like now. He, this guy. Uh, he, he looked like him. He looked, he looked, he looked like young Snoop Dogg for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, people don't and, realize that. And you know, boy, oh boy, did he sound, but when they, when he, they heard him talk, it's like, oh, he don't look like Snoop Dogg. But when he started, oh yeah, that's over there. And they were like, oh, but he motherfucking sounds like Snoop Dogg. It's yeah. like, yes, he did. Well, he was you know, dead there's on. One, oh, there's one guy that comes in and he only has a brief moment on screen in the booth mm. and he's playing Tupac. People right? fucking lost their shit. Because well, it was t- just like, oh my god! I'll tell he- you what. Go look up that guy's Whew. photo on IMDb, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a good friend who posted who posted that photo, his his casting photo uh-huh. from for his headshot. Right? I haven't looked. Po- it. Posted it online uh, on Facebook. It said, "I'm convinced this is actually Tupac alive still." Let me take a look at the thing because I I haven't I have not seen it because you he he very much looks like him in the cat in the like booth right he looks exactly he looks like him he's far he away sounds like shot, him this this headshot you're just like that is fucking Tupac I didn't realize there was a guy playing Chuck D in this mm-hmm yeah there are all kinds of people all a lot of them are just kind of brief things that happen at some of the parties yeah 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 um. Trying to find that damn picture. You think I would see it in two seconds, but no. Well, it's so it's not. His name's Keith, uh, not Keith Stanfield. That's the guy that does Snoop. He's all. If you go down the cast list on IMDb, he's uh, near the last half of it. His name is. The hell is this guy's name? Where is it? Right here. Mark with two C's. Rose. Okay. This is fun podcasting. It's fun. Uh, for <laughs> you guys about playing around at home, uh, I don't know, chew a piece of gum or <laughs> or look up this photo. You guys can look I'm gonna it up. I'm going to type in his name. M-A-R-C-C Rose. 
There it is. Holy uh, shit. Right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. If he's uh, not out on the boardwalk of some beach making money, he's an idiot. Yeah. He I looks mean, exactly he, like, holy sh- that's scary. Right? It's crazy. He's like the right size in everything. Because mm-hmm. like, Tupac wasn't really a, a super big dude. No. God, that's frightening. Yeah. Man, he looks like him. I mean, there's the the there's a couple of pictures on him on here with him and Dre. Yeah, and like you would swear that's Tupac. Wow. I mean, if if Dre were not old, yeah, exactly. Photos, right, man. You would swear that's kind of that's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought, uh, well, it's which probably is crazy, just because when he has like hair and shit, he doesn't. Look like yeah, I was just like, well, that's got to be a thing. Like, you know, obviously, we, we you know, uh, Tupac's got a very kind of iconic look to him and everything. And you, you're right. We're, we're, it was kind of a little bit of a faraway shot, but that's a straight up, like, close-ass face look. And you're like, that motherfucker looks just like him. Damn. And he sounded like him, too. That was the weird part. So, like, yeah. he had both of those things going down perfect. So that was, man, if y'all want to make a Tupac biopic, that's the fucking way to do it with that cat. Jesus, get on that. Um, yeah. um, so let, let's, uh, kind of wrap this up. I, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you like most in this movie, man? Um, I mean, I, I thought the narrative, like, here's the thing. This movie is two and a half hours long, which is mm-hmm. not oh, yeah, I overly tweeted about typical. I, t- I tweeted about the length of this long before I saw the movie. I was just like. Wait a minute! Straight out of Compton's two and a half hours, and it doesn't have hobbits or or like superheroes and stuff in it. And like, and, and that's I, crazy, right? I don't want to say, yeah, exactly. Now, I don't want to say um, it, it flies by per se, but it never drags. I don't think. No, I, I mean, mean it's I, compelling. I know to that the there end, are some man. people that could that, and there are scenes that I could point to that you could cut out, and then, honest to God, it wouldn't make that much of a difference. You really could. I mean, I know that they wanted to do it, and, and I like that they did it, but you could cut out all the Snoop. You could cut out the Snoop Dogg stuff. You could cut out the, uh, the, the even though it's a short scene, you could cut out the, the, the Tupac stuff. You could cut a lot of things in this movie, but it, it's the, the interesting experience of having those things in there that really, I think, helps tell the story. And that's the, I, I guess that's the thing that I liked about it most was it told way more of the story than I thought they would tell. Mm-hmm. That was the big thing to me was that it really got through. I mean, like it hit all the kind of major points. It's like I I did not for one second th- think that we would see the release of the Chronic in this thing. I was just like, we'll get to NWA and then we'll kind of we'll kind of wrap a little bit back. To, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the separation and then we'll wrap back around for Easy E's death. No, most of the movies about the separation. I know, and uh, like that's what I was very impressed about. I was just yeah. like, "Wow!" I thought this was just going to be like kind of their it, not not road movie per se, but you know, we did this thing right here. Here's the, a little bit about the breakup and stuff. Things didn't go really well, and then Easy dies, and we all kind of come back together for a little mourning or something. And it's so much more than that. And I think that's what I was really impressed about was the scope of stuff and the amount of time and things that they cover in this. And it doesn't feel like a lot of stuff really got cheated. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those movies that knows exactly kind of when to zoom out and zoom back in. I mean, you got the whole creation of Defro records and everything. So you got all of that going in. Like, I didn't think that we would see as much as we did at that. I thought that was impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But no, it covers a lot of fucking ground. And I think that's the thing that was most impressed. I mean, outside of, you know, some great performances by pretty much everybody here. Paul Giamatti, we haven't talked about him. Uh, but um, fantastic job of him. And I, and I really, and I'll give this thing credit. Mm-hmm. Um, because you really could have made Jerry Heller a fucking just evil ass motherfucker. Yeah. And they really didn't. They made him a, a human being. Well, they made him a huge asshole. He was a dick, no doubt, and I think it, but, and, and, and I yeah, think deep down human. he also knows that. He also mm-hmm. knows that he's kind of dicking them over, but he also knows that hey, that's kind of just what happens here. So they didn't make him out like he wasn't. He's not a mustache twirling villain or anything, uh, but he did the things that he did, and they didn't. They didn't call him the most guilty piece of shit, but they didn't forgive him for it either. Which exactly. I thought was a really a really deft deft move, yeah. And nobody comes. I I think there are bits in here that nobody really comes off as perfect. I mean, there's a scene where Ice Cube or yeah, Ice Cube goes off and just you know smashes the shit out of a guy's office. Something he clearly should have never done. That was you know wait. I understand his frustration and everything, but mm-hmm. you know obviously is a little bit too far to go. There's the Dre driving drunk and going you know crazy and stuff like that. That's another thing. It's just like so. They're not, not everybody is these people are not portrayed as you know angels or anything. And um, but you still empathize enough with the characters and stuff. And I think that's where the movie really has a strong tie is that you you care about these these people well enough. I mean, obviously, we know them because they're public, uh, you know, images and whatnot. But you empathize enough with them. And then then when they do these bad things, you don't want them to do them. Yeah. You you feel bad. It's like, oh no, you shouldn't really be doing that stuff right now. Or like, and knowing what we know, and then how easy he's just talking about how he's going to go off and fuck all these girls, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, no, that's a bad idea. This is going to lead to bad things. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's very interesting. So uh, I, I think they did a smash up job with it. And honest to goodness, I don't know that they could have done it better than they did. But I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. No, I I think this movie's fucking fantastic. I hope everyone. Uh, sees it. I I can't wait until it's available streaming somewhere so I can teach it. Honestly, because uh, I like this will be a, an easy movie to get students to watch, um, and it, it's also just really fucking good, man. Uh, you know, it's got its own criticisms. A lot of the awful shit that uh, these guys did to women when they were young yeah. gets left out, uh, and there are plenty of articles on that. Um, some very and I good understand, ones. and like but, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I get there's that. There's a reason it's not in there, right? And it's, it's because uh, that shit makes people look fucking awful. Well, yeah, and and here's the thing. Like I said, I mean, this is I don't want to say it's a warts and all. I mean, they don't get off scot free, mind you, but no. and they, but they may not also have you know you do clean that up a little bit, and especially when the people. That that, you know, survivors of this thing are producers and and and, and consultators for the thing, you know, may not be, you know, as clear, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, some of them were just very publicized incidents, too, right? So, like, uh, like, yeah. like Dre beating up uh, someone in a, in a nightclub in 91. Um, you know, it's it's there. Uh, it was a, it was known at the time. It was widely reported at the time because people were really out for NWA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it's not in the movie. Um, but you know, that stuff doesn't play 
for a general audience, right? Uh, and there have been some blowback uh, from people who say that it, those things should be in the movie, uh, just like there have been blowback from some of the people that some of those things happen to that say uh, it shouldn't be in there, right? Because because they don't want to see you know their ass you know getting beaten up for no reason at the hands of this abusive man. Um, but also like general audiences don't need to deal with that shit. Uh, they need to deal with important stuff going on in the movie. Well, yeah, the I mean, it's somewhere in between all of those things. Right? No, no, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, because there's, there's, um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's in between. There's a story that you're trying to tell and a story that you, that needs to be told, I guess. Yeah. And, and what lies between. So mm-hmm. you're, yeah, I mean, uh, it certainly certainly is worth discussing, no doubt. But uh, better better minds to do that than mine, because I am not a wise man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that is it, everybody. I think two strong recommendations for this movie, and hell, two st- very strong recommendations for Man from Uncle. Man, if you went to the movies this weekend, you fucking won, B. As long <laughs> as you saw these two movies, <laughs> you see so many other crap out there. That's your fault. Well, I mean, a, a lot of people went to go see Mission Impossible Five again. Well, I can't and blame they weren't them. wrong either. No, they were not. Uh, so next week, see, and here's why I think uh, here's why I think both NWA and Man from Uncle will ho- both have some really good legs. Uh, next week coming out, we got Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Still, they cannot cast the right person for this. <laughs> I think that should be the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinister Two, which I think we both like Sinister One up until the ending. Yeah, literally the last like five minutes. Minute. Minute yeah, and a half. Yeah, probably maybe. even minute and a half. Yeah, it's just like, I, w- I would say right up until uh, he's actually out of the film. Yeah. And then it's I, like, oh, what the fuck was this? Yep. And uh, American Ultra. Who directed American Ultra? I don't even know. No, I don't know. Nima Smith. I don't know. Recognize that name. I can't even pronounce it. Uh, but so no, so we got right. uh, three new releases uh, next week here. So we're going to be talking about that. Everybody's still going to be seeing Straight Outta Compton and some other stuff. But we're going to be talking about the new stuff, damn it! Because you know what? That's what we do. Oh, American Ultra is the same guy that made Project X. Was oh, that right? Mm-hmm. Which one was that one again? Project X. Yeah. Was that an MTV movie? <laughs> Uh, no, it was the Todd Phillips produced, uh, like first person found footage party movie kind of thing. Uh, I remember seeing trailers. I don't think I saw like a giant birthday party. I remember seeing the trailers. I don't think I saw it because that looked like, what's like, well, this looks like a douchebag movie. (laughs) You were right. No? Okay. No, it was not good. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. It's it's good to know that I didn't waste my time. Uh, so in that case, uh, Oh, fucking hell. Uh, so, Matt, uh, for uh, next week and stuff, where uh, can we find more of your work on the Internet, sirs? Well, I'll be uh, tweeting at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith, and I'm actually going to be writing some things uh, this week on my Tumblr, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com. So uh, check me out there, and uh, we'll we'll see you around that way. Tumble it on the stuff, people. Get Get into it. Um, so also, uh, on the film find this week, uh, film find, that's the show we just did. That's where my brain's at. <laughs> on the film find this week, let me tell you about what you just listened to for t- an hour. Uh, so no, over on Hero Movie Podcast this week, we had some, uh, there was some time and, uh, some things didn't quite, uh, pan out really well. Sean works like an adult Well, the rest of us are not really adults, not like that. So, uh, we had to kind of put off, uh, uh, the Phantom for a week. It's coming back next week, so don't worry. It gives you enough time. It's on the HBO goes and uh, whatnot, so check it out. 
There's enough time to watch it. Uh, but this week we dropped an episode where we talked about a list that io9 made up of the uh, top 100 superhero films. I think it's somewhere in the hundreds. Top 100 something. And uh, so we talk about that, and we break down the top 20 of that list and stuff. So uh, apparently people seem to dig what we uh, kind of put down there. So uh, a bonus episode that we didn't even plan on is uh, is, is tracking well. <laughs> so that's good. Well, good. But uh, we'll get back to the uh, to the Phantom and stuff next week, so uh, stay on the lookout for that. But uh, go 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 to uh, hearmoviepodcast.com. Check that out. Uh, it's a pretty fun time. And, we, and, and that's also a taste of uh, some of the stuff that are... Uh, our uh, Patreon backers got because we were just like, oh, fuck, we don't have a thing. Bruce and I were going to do some news, but we're like, let's just put this thing out. I think people will dig it, and uh, apparently they are. Uh, so that is it. Next week, we got all that kind of crap going on. So that is it, everybody. Until then, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Porges. Take it easy, everybody. Go to church on Sunday Sleep and uh, to duck the wrath of God Preachers tell you man that uh that man from uncle had a good ass soundtrack didn't it oh man i just so good i mean i i you know we we've had to deal with a lot of really crummy films over the last couple of weeks i mean not 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 you know big big things like mission impossible notwithstanding 
Uh, but we've had a, a deluge of crap. <laughs> yeah, the last part of the summer has not been super amazing. It, it hasn't. So, like, the fact that we can actually get, you know, good stuff and, like, not just one big new release and that's that's, that's a great film, but two. It's like, yeah. what are the fucking odds, man? So, so uh, while the last song was playing, I was kind of combing through some of the news items that I haven't caught up on yet. Mm-hmm. There are two things I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, very briefly. Uh, F. Gary Gray is mm-hmm. talking about uh, releasing his original director's cut of Straight Out of Compton. Oh, interesting. On Blu-ray, mm-hmm. packed with special features, God, which so. is a rarity these days. No kidding. Uh, but guess how much longer that original cut that he turned into the studio was? Oh, goodness. I can't imagine. Three? An hour longer. Wow. Yeah. An hour longer. That'd be uh, that'd be something, man. Yeah. So uh No, that's... I hope I hope they do a really good that that way if there's anything to do like a really great thing. I mean, I think that's a lot of You could well, pack that with so much stuff more... from concert footage to interviews with the guys now, a commentary track with those people. There's a lot of well, also good stuff that, to mine, man. That that cut has a little more stuff from MC Ren in it. <laughs> like cuz MC Ren's like a big part of that group. And he kind of doesn't get focused on as much. He's kind of shuffled off to the side. Yeah, it's, de- or it's definitely the about the major three, no doubt. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty exciting. Hmm. Here's something that I find really uh, interesting, and uh, I have no idea what they shelled out for this, but I want to find out right now. Uh, this past week, FX, the network, mm-hmm. uh, solidified a deal for a fucking ton of the year's biggest and best movies. Okay. As it'll be, you know, that's their cable contract. So, uh, they snagged straight out of Compton, which is probably the biggest coup. Uh, but also mission impossible, Jurassic world, minions, furious seven, train wreck, Ted Two, pitch perfect Two, Kingsman secret service spy, home and then on the lesser end of things but people will still watch them on cable taken three terminator genesis and pixels where are they getting this bread from i mean fx is a pretty successful man cable oh network, man. man i i mean i know they're good and all but that that, that kind of bread woo. well you know what they're starting to do so fx has that movie movie network right fx fxm is what it's called okay and the and fxx is the comedy but the fx what's just fx like plain now uh, it's it's what it was. What? It's uh, F- Just FX. Yeah, FXX skews younger, so that's why most of the comedies tend to be on there. But like Louis still is on FX, right? Right. Uh, Married is still on FX. That sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they have FXM, which after they have their broadcast premiere on FX, they go over there, and it, it's like a regular cable tier movie channel basically so like a tcm or an mgm movie channel that kind of thing now i know that like obviously you can do it if you want to but do they do they run any of these things unedited uh i don't know that they do they don't own that network i know that because they could because it's still a commercial network yeah i mean all these cable companies can do it if they want to they choose well, not to. It cut, so since they're ad supported, I would generally bet that they're. Well, they, that's where they tried not, not to, to because depending upon you know what ad buyers will buy, 
Yes. But they they technically, if you could find ad buyers that say, yeah, we're cool with that, you can do whatever the fuck you want. As long as the FCC doesn't get in too, right? Cause, well, technically, cause the FCC of, has no say over that. They have no say. over Yeah, because it's broadcast still, technically. With, uh, that that regular cable tier counts under FCC. Mm, they can still find them. And then how can, I mean, no, South Park can get away with saying fucking shit all they want. It has to do with classifications, and it has to do with uh, airtime and all that other shit. That's why, uh, like, Comedy Central reruns of The Daily Show mm-hmm. in the morning at noon or whenever they were always bleeped out shit. It's been there's a while. St- since, it's been a while since I've been in the game. You're a little more up on stuff. I mean, I, you know, it used to be my deal, but like yeah. I, I haven't. Well, I, mean, I, I haven't been in the biz. Yeah, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been in the biz in a while. So things I know but things yeah, have no, changed. The FCC <laughs> is still the the regulatory body over cable television until it's a straight up pay cable situation. Hmm. I don't know. So you know, after a certain point in the day, FX could probably air some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, more unedited than not, at least language. Yeah, we need to go kind of UK style where there's just like a watershed where it's just like, hey, look, whatever the fuck can go at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess they so kind of do that at midnight at stuff with Comedy Central a lot. They're just like, hey, here's yeah. a comedy special, you know, unedited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, and- it's definitely goddamn late. Um, let's talk about this real quick and we'll, we'll kind of we'll wrap up with this. Um, Colin Trevorrow directing Star oh, yeah. Wars 9, man. Right. Fucking hell with that. Woo! Damn. Mm-hmm. That's a jump, son. Now, granted, you just directed what is now the number three grossing movie of all time, or number four, something like that, three or four. Pretty fucking impressive. Uh, but, yeah. Damn. I, I think we're in for an interesting time here. I, I just, I hope, uh, you know, granted, not having seen it, I can, whatever the fuck, but um, I hope they take a lot of feel, if you will, along with, you know, kind of what JJ's doing, and and I feel that they will more than likely. Uh, I mean, sensibility wise, um, you say what you will, but shooting with film, having more practical shit, if you can. I think they said there's only like maybe twenty shots in Star in the new Star Wars that are are hundred percent CG and have no like you know physical element of some sort in them that was you know shot separately. So right. I think that's a huge thing. Um, so very going kind of old school, new school type stuff coming in. So I think that's very interesting, but I hope, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson and and Colin Trevorrow will kind of keep that vibe going because it looks damn good. Now, whatever the movie is, uh, we'll certainly see. But uh, as far as aesthetically, I'm digging, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, you know, as was, as star Wars has taught us, you go in with, you know, mild trepidation, (laughs) You yes. you temper what you got, and you just go. I'm getting a movie. It's going to be Star Wars related. Hopefully, it will be good. So, and that's all you can go in. You just have to go in at just the most even of keel that you can, and hope to get something good. You remember how many times we all stall fucking Phantom Menace trying to tell ourselves, no, no, it's it's got a lot of really good things about it. <laughs> I still I still like that one the most out of any of the prequels. Um. It, I know it's, it's got some stuff. I, I think I like three. I don't. There's just. I wish I could just. I, I'd love to pick and choose and like make like you know one like long three and a half hour movie just built oh, with all the with all the good stuff. <laughs> Somebody did that. Uh, my friend uh, Chris Bickle posted about it the other day. Yeah, I feel like I seen something uh, about that. Hold on, let me track this down real quick while we're talking about but it. Somebody, need, you know, that's what I've always thought. It's just like, just take all the chuff out and get into the good stuff and, you know, make it 
make it work. <laughs> there was also um, another video that was going around where somebody had edited in Jake Lloyd's voice <laughs> for like in in scenes in scenes with Darth Vader. <laughs> Somebody's which, a monster. <laughs> which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Poor Jake Lloyd. Poor uh, bastard. I, I love I saw this one fucking video and he's at like what was I don't know if it was a Star Wars convention proper, but it was it was a convention of some sort. And here's the thing. Jake Lloyd, you're invited here as the kid who was in Star Wars, motherfucker. And it's just like, why do people keep asking me about this shit? Because that's the only thing we fucking know you from. You haven't so done gonna- anything of import <laughs> since. Shut the fuck up and keep and suckle on the teeth that you got, motherfucker. So, uh, for those of you who want to watch this, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but um, someone did edit the prequel trilogy into one three and a half hour movie. God damn it! It's like people are reading my mind, or and maybe it, I saw this called, and just had forgotten about it. <laughs> it's so it's I on YouTube. It. It's called Star Wars: The Fall of the Galactic Republic. You know. Oh, I think I know what it was. I think I was looking for something because there was like a private group or something that you had to get on for like no, that was for um editing all the special shit out. Yeah. There's somebody that's like really gone through and like you have to be on an invite only thing. Uh you have to like sign up at their message board and say like, "Hey, I'd like to somebody to sponsor me or something." And then they bring you into the group, but they've tried their best to recreate all uh, everything in the most high quality that they possibly can of the original 3 movies without all the special shit. But mm-hmm. they've gone through and really sourced out the best stuff that they can and kind of redone everything to to the, you know, best of of their ability to do so. Um, I, I kind of wanted to get into that, but nobody sent me a thing going like, hey, you're in the group. <laughs> they were just like, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. this, uh, this I need to see. All right. Well, that's Star Wars, man. It's going to be December. December's going to be, I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but I keep seeing there's like 8 billion things. Everything I see says, like, coming this December, yeah, coming this Christmas. Back How the fuck are any of these, all these goddamn things coming out? It's not going to fucking happen. I think yeah. they're talking about it. It's probably just a very limited release that they're bringing some of these things out because there's no goddamn way you can fit 15 new films on a fucking Christmas day, damn it. No, and I, I got to figure it, out how the fuck I want to see. Around, and some of it will be. Oh, we've got to put it in like a theater in New York and a theater in LA, so it qualifies for Oscars. Precisely. I'm just trying so. to figure out what the fuck, and I just maybe I need to talk with Jay and see what we can pull off here, Charlotte, because I, I just I, I want to see. They haven't really solid plans for it, but whatever they do to show Django in '70, I want to make a journey to do that. Oh, uh, or Django hey, or, or hey. Hateful Eight, rather. I'm still thinking about the old movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Gonna, I'll make a trek for that one. I'll 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 go wherever we need to go for that. But I just they need I need to talk to somebody like maybe I'd love to see it just if Charlotte just had the balls and said, "Hey, we'll put it up in a thing." I don't want to see it at a, at the dome IMAX here, but and I, you know, it's it's not like somebody's got a 70 mil <laughs> projector sitting in their bathroom that they ain't been <laughs> using. So, <laughs> I don't know how like that's just maybe it's just wishful Adam thinking, but we got to try to make that happen. All right, that's it. So uh, see you next week, guys. All right, thanks for listening.